Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. I want to continue uh, where we started this morning. Let's stand in honor and reverence to the reading of God's Word. Luke chapter number 23. And I'll read, uh, uh, I'll read three verses to you tonight. Look in verse number 33. We used it as our text this morning. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the malefactors, one on the right hand uh, and the other on the left. Go with me now to verse 42. And he said unto Jesus, this is one of the thieves on the cross, and he said unto Jesus, Lord, when thou enterest into thy kingdom, uh, or, or, and he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Father, we love you. God, we thank you, Lord, for a wonderful, wonderful day already here at Amazing Grace. Father, we thank you for a great service this morning, a good crowd, and Father, good liberty to preach, Father, and good singing, and Father, thank you for a good evening, God, meetings with different ones this evening, and then, um, Lord, the meeting with our Awana leaders tonight and workers tonight, and then, God, the good choir singing, and Miss Addie and Miss Tanya singing so good tonight. Father, thank you, Lord, for the great reports of souls saved today. Um, God, not only here, but God, our preachers out of the church. Father, we just stand amazed at how good you are to us. And God, I pray that you would help us tonight as we preach. I pray, God, that you'd strengthen us physically tonight, God. I pray, God, that you'd touch our throat and our mind. Uh, God, I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to preach the words, God, that only you would want us to say. Uh, we'll give you the thanks in Jesus' name. Uh, amen and amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to look into this and preach a little more out of this passage tonight. And we begin looking at the there of Calvary. The there of Calvary. It said, uh, of course, we looked at the word there uh, back just a few weeks ago. But here uh, it said when they came to Calvary, there uh, they crucified him. There was some things that went on up there uh, that wasn't happening anywhere else. Amen. Uh, and the there of Calvary, by way of introduction, and let me just throw this out what I preached this morning I preached the introduction this morning but I'm going to jump down into the message tonight but for those that wasn't in here uh, there was a place of accusation uh, they bring Jesus before Pilate Pilate sends him to Herod Herod sends him back to Pilate and uh, they had three different trials uh, back to back to back uh, on the Lord Jesus Christ uh, and they accuse him of uh, of all different things and the only thing uh, that Herod or Pilate either one could say uh, was I find no fault in him and can I say this to you again tonight uh, I find no fault uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ amen you will never find fault uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ uh, if there was any fault in the Lord Jesus Christ uh, then the blood is insufficient uh, and we're all going 
going to die and go to hell. But hear me uh, and hear me well tonight. I'm glad uh, that I don't have to worry uh, about dying and going to hell uh, because there is no fault uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ. There was accusation. There was the place of accusation. There was the place of anger. They got upset because uh, uh, that they was going to release Jesus. Uh, and they said, they cried out the more, crucify him, crucify him. Uh, and they cried out, release Barabbas unto us. They got mad because of what Herod and Pilate had said. There was the place of uh, accusation. There was a place of anger. But there was a place of agonizing. There was a place of agonizing. Whenever we looked at this this morning, we looked at two different things about the agonizing there. Number one, we looked at the pain in the agonizing and how uh, Jesus, no doubt, suffered a spiritual, mental, uh, and a physical pain that day. Physically, he suffered from the beating. Uh, mentally, he suffered because uh, of what he was going through and what they were saying. But spiritually, uh, he suffered because God uh, uh, turned his back on Jesus that day. It was a place of agonizing. Uh, but then I said this in closing this morning, there uh, was a place of accomplishment. There was the place uh, of accomplishment. You say, preacher, what do you mean by that? I mean this, there were some things accomplished uh, at Calvary that would have never been accomplished anywhere else uh, and could never be accomplished anywhere else uh, and could never be accomplished by anyone else. Uh, it took the Lord of Jesus Christ. Uh, can I say this to you then? been many sacrifices made there at Calvary. Yeah, man, there had been, matter of fact, if you want to take your Bible, if you want to go back to the book of Genesis, you remember in the book of, matter of fact, if you want to go to the book of Galatians, I'm almost positive it's in Galatians where it says this. It said the gospel was preached to Abraham. Abraham saying the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel was preached to Abraham. And if you want to go back and study the life of Abraham in the book of Genesis, you know what the Bible teaches us? That Abraham took his son, his only begotten son, uh, up on the mountain uh, uh, to crucify him. Whenever you study that mountain out and the geographical location of it, you know where it's at? It's the same place that Calvary was at. It was Golgotha's so I say this, there have been a lot of sacrifices down through time that have been made on the side of that hill. Matter of fact, if you was to study history, you'll find out that there had been a lot of people that had been crucified at the place of the skull, Golgotha. But there had never, there had never been one like this that had walked up that hill and that had carried a cross up that hill. There had had never been one like this uh, uh, that lay his life down willingly uh, on a cross and let them nail him to it. Uh, uh, there had never been one that they could not kill. They didn't kill him. He gave up the ghost. 
there had never been one there. Even though there had been many people there, uh, there had never been one there like this man, uh, uh, the man, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, so we see Calvary uh, was a place of accomplishment right there. Uh, that day it accomplished uh, uh, what nobody else could uh, and nothing else could. Hey, they'd bring that sheep every year. They'd bring that goat every year. They'd bring a turtle dove every year. They'd make sacrifice every year. Why? Uh, because the sacrifice uh, uh, was not sufficient. But on this day, there uh, at Calvary, there was and accomplished uh, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ uh, uh, poured his blood out for mankind uh, uh, so you could be saved and I could be saved. What an accomplishment that day. And then we went to this verse. The Bible says this, and he said unto Jesus, who is the he said? The he right here is one of the two thieves that's crucified with the Lord Jesus Christ. One of them railed on him and said, if thou be the Christ. If the, he missed heaven by one word, if. If thou be the Christ. One of them railed on him and mocked him, but the other one said this. He didn't say, if thou be the Christ. He said, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And, 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 and can I say this? Jesus answered unto him, Verily I say unto thee, unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Hey, you know what? If we could rewind time or if we could reach up in heaven and get a hold of this thief and pull him down here and let him sit right here and we could ask him this question, Hey, there, up there at Calvary, was there anything accomplished at Calvary that day? You was there. You you saw it. You saw the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you saw the blood run down his head uh, and his hands and his feet. Uh, you heard him speak uh, on Calvary that day. Uh, was anything accomplished? You know what? Uh, I believe that we'd have to catch that thief uh, uh, down about the crossroads shouting uh, uh, because he would say this, I'm in heaven today uh, because of Calvary. Oh yes, it accomplished some things. There, the thief saw some things. Let me show you three things the thief saw there at Calvary. He had to be there to see it. Number one, he saw royalty in Jesus. He saw royalty in Jesus. You said, preacher, how do you know that? Know what your Bible says. I love my Bible. How about you? Know what your Bible says. And he said unto Jesus, he's not talking yet. That's, the, uh, that's Brother Luke saying what he said. Luke is the writer. And he said unto Jesus, comma, now picks up what the thief said. Note the first word, Lord. Lord. He didn't even call him Jesus. He called him Lord. He called him Lord that day. Let me tell you the reason why. That day on Calvary, there he saw royalty in the Lord of Jesus Christ. I said this this morning. Let me say it again tonight. Now, I don't have nothing to prove it, but you don't have nothing to prove me wrong either. If you do, talk to me afterwards. I personally think, Brother Heath, that this, this thief right here could have quite possibly 
saw some of the miracles of Jesus. I really believe that. It was noised abroad what Jesus had been doing. And even if he hadn't saw it, Brother Remington, he heard about it. No doubt this thief had heard about Jesus Christ. No doubt down at the jailhouse, there was a lot of chitter-chatter going on while the trial of Jesus is taking place. I wonder, I wonder if maybe him and Barabbas was in the same cell. It's quite possible that him and Barabbas and the other thief was in the same cell because all three of them was fixing to die that day. So I wonder if he was sitting in the same cell as Barabbas and whenever they come to get someone to turn him loose, the crowd chose Barabbas. Maybe Barabbas was well known. I don't know, but they chose Barabbas. And maybe as they opened the door and said, Barabbas, come hither. And Barabbas stepped out. Maybe the other boys thought, well, it's our time to go too. Maybe he was across the cell block. I don't know, but just let your mind think about it a minute. And they look at Barabbas and say, listen, man, you're able to go free. And he says, well, why can I go free? And they said this, there's a man named Jesus that's going to take your cross. There's a man named Jesus. Maybe all of them said, well, we've heard about him. We follow along in the foot tracks of him. We saw what he could do. This is one thing I do know about this thief. He did hear Jesus pray this prayer. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. If he didn't know nothing else about Jesus, he saw, watch this, he saw the way Jesus responded to his accusers. He saw, oh boy, I could preach about an hour right here on this. Something just run by and I'm going to hit it real quick. He saw the way Jesus responded to his accusers. If Jesus would have responded in the flesh because he was the God man, this thief may have died and went to hell. But he saw him respond in the spirit. Hey, hey. He saw him respond in the spirit. He saw him pray for those who had accused him. You know what? He's sitting there on the cross that day. Jesus begins to utter these words. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I talk about that word said in verse number 34, how it's in the imperfect tense in the Greek language and it means a continuous action and maybe several times now Jesus has said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And all of a sudden, this thief that's hanging beside of him says, wait a minute. This is not just any ordinary man. Any ordinary man would not be saying that. This is who everybody said he was. He really is God. He really is Jesus. He really is the Lamb of God. He saw royalty that day. He said, Lord, Lord, he is address. he's not addressing him as man. Watch this, Jesus was his fleshly name. He's not addressing him as man. He's addressing him as God. He said, Lord. 
Here's the reason he addressed him as God because he knew the only way he was getting to heaven was through that man there on the cross beside of him. Number one, he saw royalty. He saw, and can I just say this to you? He's still royalty today. He's still the King of kings and the Lord of lords today. And I promise you there's coming a day. Man, I don't have time to preach this, but I promise you there's coming a day that he's going to come back and he's going to sit upon the throne of David and he's going to rule and reign again. I promise you every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that he is God. Amen. He is royalty today. Matter of fact, when he comes back, the Bible said that in Revelation 19 that he'll have many crowns upon his head. Let me tell you the reason he'll have many crowns is because you and I, now that we're saved, has an opportunity to win one of the five crowns in the Word of God. And the reason we want to win a crown when we get to heaven is to be able to place that crown back at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ because he he is royalty today. Number one, he saw royalty. And number two, watch this. He saw resurrection in Jesus. He said, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And you know what he was saying? He was saying this. I know you ain't staying here. Amen. He was saying... I know this is not the end of you. How did he know that? If he's never heard a message from the Lord, if he's never, I'm telling you, I believe in all of my heart he knew about God. I believe in all of my heart that he could have quite possibly followed Jesus around a little bit before he got locked up. You know what he had heard? Maybe it wasn't Jesus, but I can tell you this much. Somewhere in his life, he had heard a prophet prophesy that a man by the name of Jesus is coming. They'll hate him. They'll crucify him. But one-third in glorious morning, he will arise victorious over death, hell, and the grave. He said, I choose to cry out to somebody that I know will not remain dead. Oh, yes, he may have died that day. He may have stayed dead three days. But is there anybody else thankful that one-third in glorious morning, he arose victorious over death, hell, and the grave, and he now abides in my life. He saw the resurrection in the Lord Jesus Christ that day. He saw resurrection in him. He, saw, he said, when you come into your kingdom, he said, you're going there. And when you get there, he had to know something. He had to, Miss Shannon, to understand what he said. He said, when you get there, remember me. I see this number one. He saw, he saw royalty in Jesus. He saw resurrection in Jesus. Look, and I say this number three. He saw redemption in Jesus. He saw redemption in Jesus. Who did he ask to remember him? He didn't ask the thief on the other side. He didn't, uh, he rebukes him, but he didn't ask him. He didn't holler down there and say, hey, somebody get Pilate. Hey, somebody get Herod. 
He didn't holler down there and say, hey, somebody get a Sadducee. Let me tell you the reason he didn't holler for a Sadducee because they're so sad, you see. You studied their life out. He didn't holler for a fair to see because they're so fair, you see. But you let me tell you what he done. He looked over beside of him and he realized that for, oh yeah, but for the, that his whole life, that his whole life he had heard. Mm, there's a man named Jesus that, that for three and a half years, there's a man been walking around in their area that there was something different about that day. Yeah, man, he wasn't like just any other man. Maybe he was sitting on a hillside and saw a demon-possessed man, the Gadarean maniac. Maybe he was sitting on the hillside and saw Jesus cast the demons out of him. Maybe he was around somewhere when Mary that was possessed with seven devils got them cast out of her. Are you hearing me? Maybe he was around somewhere when that man that was sick of the palsy picked up his bed and walked away that day. Maybe he was around somewhere when Lazarus come forth out of the grave that day. I can tell you this much. He knew who he was and he knew that he was the Lord and he knew if he was ever going to get help and if his life was ever going to be changed and he was ever going to make it to heaven. He knew that he would come through one person and redemption would come through the Lord Jesus Christ. He saw redemption that day. Hear me and hear me well. If you're ever redeemed, you'll be redeemed through Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He saw redemption in the Lord Jesus Christ. No doubt, come start playing softly. No doubt, if you don't mind, please, no doubt. Keep on walk something off here. No doubt. No doubt. This man, at least for coming into the closing of his life, had lived a rough life. No doubt about it. I mean, he's guilty of, of, of crucifixion. He's guilty of dying on the cross. No doubt everybody had looked down on him. Let's just be honest now. Let's just let's be real about this thing. People would look down on him. But that day, he realized there was royalty. He realized there was resurrection. He realized that if he was going to live eternally, there was redemption. He saw it all there at Calvary that day. And if you're here lost tonight, I got good news for you. The blood's still flowing from Calvary tonight. Oh yeah, it's not dried up. Jesus is still in the saving business. We've already experienced that. We've already been talking about that. Why? Because royalty went to Calvary. Royalty went to Calvary. It wasn't just any ordinary man. Royalty went to Calvary that day. And he didn't stay at Calvary. They took him to a tomb. But thank God there was a resurrection. And because of the royal resurrection, now you and I has a chance at redemption. Now you and I can be saved. Now, amen, now you and I can go to heaven. Now you and I 
can have access to the Father. I said this preaching this morning. When he looked over at him and said, Verily, when I come and send to my kingdom, I'm not quoting it verbatim, I'm going to remember you. He told him, pretty much got saved right there. I said this this morning. Jesus was becoming what he was, the thief. Jesus was becoming what he was so the thief could become what Jesus was. You see, Jesus became sin so you could become righteousness. You ever get a hold of that, and I promise you, you're going to shout. You're going to at least go, amen. He become sin. He become unrighteousness. Nowhere else, I'm done, but nowhere else did he pray, Father, forgive them. He always forgive their sins himself. Study me out. He always forgive their sins himself. But on Calvary, he had to ask God to forgive their sins. You want me to tell you the reason why? Because he that knew no sin became sin. And at that moment, he was becoming sin. And he couldn't forgive sin because he was becoming sin. But you know what he could do? Because he was royal, he could talk to the Father. And the Father could take care of it. You know what happened? There was a day in you and my life that we was wicked and vile and headed to the flames of hell. And you know what? We couldn't get a hold of the Father. But because of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, He became what I was, and now I am what He was. Amen. And it all happened there at Calvary. Father.